Welcome to the Hotel Analyst Podcast. Now, Andrew, before we start this week, um, just to say happy birthday. It's our second birthday. Can you believe it's two years ago we started doing the Hotel Analyst Podcast, and we must have knocked out 100 podcasts since then. So, um, yeah. We uh, it's it's a habit we can't we've started and we yeah. we're not going to break. <laughs> so as usual, we have um, uh, we have Andrew Sankster, the editorial director of Hotel Analyst, joining me, Chris Bowne, the editor of Hotel Analyst, to talk about three topics that have uh, caught our eye in the last week or so in the hotel investment space. And this week, as it's coming into a third quarter results season, we're going to start by talking about the uh, the European businesses of Whitbread with their Premier Inn and uh, and Pandox, the Swedish hotel uh, owner operator. It's first blood to Whitbread. They uh, they've declared they've they've acquired 15 hotels in Germany to add to their growing portfolio there. Um, and uh, the curious thing about that was that uh, they haven't actually spent very much money because they're going to be uh, taking over leases on these properties. Uh, but it certainly catapults their uh, their growing portfolio in Germany forward substantially um, and seems like quite a good deal, doesn't it, Andrew? Yes. Well, as always with leases, you never quite know until you see, unless you actually get sight of the actual lease them, themselves. So mm-hmm. um, the devil's in that detail. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's certainly a, a way to expand in a capital light uh, fashion, um, but with some potentially serious exposure to your balance sheet well, if it goes so, yeah. wrong. As yeah. as we'll talk next week, I think about Scandic and, <laughs> and, as, <laughs> right. we've seen, and as we've seen with Travel Lodge. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. So the, 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 there is danger here. I, I, I think that on, in, in the grander scheme of things, I don't think this is you know it, it's an interesting start. But I'm expecting for much more from Whitbread in Germany, and indeed I th- I'd imagine they are planning for much more. So just looking at their um, presentation, which actually is in the half year because they have a funny year end that doesn't mm-hmm. go with the calendar, um, uh, talked about uh, you know the, the, the potential in in Germany, um, and their argument is: look, this is a market which is much more independent. Uh, heavy than in the UK so they're saying it's 72% independent against 48% independent in the UK and the branded budget market is only 9% in Germany against 28% in in the UK, um, what's interesting actually in the UK, the the growth there, the branded budgets now are the uh, is a bigger slice than the rest of the branded hotel market, whereas mm. in Germany it's less than half the size of the rest of the hotel market. So they're clearly saying look, this is a huge opportunity, um, and they're saying we want to be number one. So and they're saying we're going to spend. We we've got M and A. Um, it's going to be a challenge for them to do that. They are insisting on um, decent return on capital employed um, they said for these latest deals that they're expecting once the hotels mature that uh, Rossi the return on capital employed is going to be in the range 10% to 14% which in this market is is very um, ambitious I think mm. um, yes yeah, so they're, they're uh, not gonna they're gonna they're not gonna kind of waste time putting uh, spending willy-nilly to just get boots on the ground it's quite targeted isn't it their, uh, their yeah, yeah 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 absolutely yeah. The, the other thing um i wanted to pull out is something we, we're going to go on to talk about um ihg in a moment but uh, i listened to a, an interview with uh, ihg ceo keith barr um, which he did at the end of september so it's just just over a month old mm-hmm. um with bernstein um 
he had a conference there organizing and uh, uh, the interesting bit he pulled out amongst other things we'll talk about the other things in a moment but what the the, the thing for this particular issue uh sort of budget hotels and um l- lower chain scale hotels is just how strong the business market has remained because we'd kind of I've, I'd, I'd, I'd certainly i have to say i i'd assumed that actually the business market is all but dead but no, <laughs> not at all well um, no there's still builders uh, painters decorators out there working exactly and yeah. actually you know and the astonishing thing was it's 60 percent still the business the split mm-hmm. the business mix split to ihg's mainstream brands and that's sort of holiday in holiday in express and below so stuff like avid and what have you um um, the, the, their mix is 60% business and 40% leisure and he said that split stayed the same um at whitbread the split uh is roughly 50 50 they didn't explicitly say um that that it's been stayed the same um but mm. I, i'm guessing it, you know there's no reason to believe that the pattern in the us is going to be dramatically different from the pattern in the uk and so you know and whitbread i think is in a good position there um because it's stronger on that on that business side than the the, the rest of the market which is slightly skewed towards leisure so uh, and i think that their bit of the business market it is remaining robust um it, i mean it's shot to bits if you're in the upscale or luxury market um business travel is very mm. very difficult oh yeah but but for the market we're talking about here for whitbread or for ihg's mainstream brands it it's it, it's it's pretty healthy mm. um well i mean you know relatively speaking everything's relative about, at the moment. Yes, we're, we're about to talk about the lockdowns going coming in across europe um and obviously not for the next few months but i mean in terms of that recovery bit and we can project forward beyond this current bout of um uh lockdowns you know hopefully before easter but probably by easter next year we'll be coming out of this mess and nonsense and 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 then we can start seeing and and it's going to be this um you know more resilience there in the business travel a bit than than certainly i'd appreciate it anyway and of course pandox has got similar exposure to the german and british markets but more as a landlord than as a principal as an operator um but um despite the ceo and as and previously saying he was quite keen on uh, looking forward to acquiring wounded businesses uh, in the coming months he's not yet spotted anything that like that lights his fire so um he thinks prices are still a bit high no i i it's gonna come sooner than you think actually i mean i'm hearing all sorts of whispers um, um about at least three quite big portfolios um, currently the the debt providers are um sounding out um what you know whether they should be brought to market oh, now, right. not all of them not all three will come to market mm. in the next month or before christmas but i i would expect possibly one of them will um and you know the, the clear signs that's earlier than i thought i thought you know q1 next year maybe into q2 before we started seeing um some real transaction activity but i think it's 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 coming quite quickly and i think with the level of distress we're gonna have thanks to this second lockdown um but you know we're having the lockdown in france italy spain germany yeah uh, switzerland you name it well it's, it's another big it's it's, lockdown it's another big halt on cash um, flow isn't it yeah massively yeah yeah 
yeah no t- totally and i mean even sweden you know the great poster child for those who don't want to see any lockdowns actually mm. they're talking about restrictions as well so um you know it, it's coming everywhere really so there's going to be a very difficult time um and that if you've got a robust financial position which pandox has whitbread has um they're in a good position to exploit the opportunities well certainly alison britain seemed to be implying that there was quite a bit of distress out there and uh uh, it's interesting that the 15 hotels they picked up are from a portfolio where they were offered basically the whole portfolio <laughs> of one ca- of one yeah. German German uh, operator. So um, uh, the, out of 53, I think it was, they picked 15, the most one, the most good ones. Right, well, let's roll on now to the next lot of, uh, of quarterly results, which are from Intercontinental and Accor. And it seemed to me that they're both sort of uh, staring at uh, a, a quite good... A return to business in chi- the Chinese part of their portfolios, and uh, mm-hmm. rather wishing it will roll a- <laughs> roll across to the West, and sooner rather than later, please, um, because mm. uh, you know things over in China are, are returning sub- quite substantially to kind of the sort of point they were a year ago. Um, albeit, of course, there's there's less international travel, but uh, the massive domestic Chinese market is delivering. Um, meantime, it seems like uh, elsewhere things are rather becalmed, don't they? Yeah, I'm going, to, I'm going to go back to that Keith Barr interview again, mm-hmm. actually, and um, I, I, do, I do recommend it to to listeners if they want to. It's one of the more meaningful CEO interviews I've seen of late, um, and you can just find it on the IHG Investor Relations site. Um, but in that, uh, Barr talks about um, you know what is the way out, and that China can represent a way out um, for other countries. But he does warn that this isn't coming any time soon unfortunately for other countries he's saying either you have a vaccine or you have the virus under control and he wasn't very optimistic about getting the virus under control outside of china right and so and we're talking a vaccine and as we've previously discussed on this podcast the vaccine in terms of widespread rollout is the second half of next year at the earliest um so he, he gave a very broad range of um dates um, when we're going to see a sort of re- bounce back he said it could be 21 22 or 23 before trading starts to recover and um, that's anything from three to six years before we get back to where we were in 2019 so 2025 before we've got mm. back in his worst case he said he was hoping it wasn't going to be that obviously but uh, you know that is that it, that is the kind of bounds that they're thinking about at IHG and I think you know in general the market itself ought to be thinking about in terms of how long it will take to to get back to where we were um I, I i did take there is a big encouragement though um because this industry is coming back and he he said look you know we're going to have tailwinds as well as headwinds on the way back and we've talked a lot um um about how business travel is going to take a long time to to recover and that's probably true certainly for that 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 higher end you know if you're staying at the upscale and the luxury properties that is probably going to be quite slow but he's saying that you know a tailwind that we're going to have is um so flexi working um the the that's going to increase demand for hotels so as as things do normalize um hotels are in in, in a good position well, that's um, interesting because uh, Robin Rossman from STR has said something similar as well in a presentation last week at the uh, the Pandox results. Yeah, 
Uh, yeah. yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, absolutely, and I, and I think you know we can see the well, we've we've seen the raft of hotel um, brand companies um, introducing some sort of working from hotel, as it's called, um, offers, haven't we? So that that's all that's all part of that going on as well. Um, looking at Accor, it's interesting. So if you look at the big four, so that's Accor, IHG on this side of the Atlantic, and Marriott and Hilton in the US they're the sort of the, the big global giants obviously there are other uh, other global players but they are the big four and out of that big four um it is probably Accor that are having the toughest time right now the problem is that although Accor has shifted hugely towards being asset light it hasn't well it's just about got there now but it still has because of its um, investment in Accor Invest um, its shareholding in Accor Invest it still has significant exposure um, in assets and uh, it's now I mean I was, I was looking at the numbers I think this was Bernstein again they said 96 percent of EBITDA at Accor is now asset light. Um, IHG they contrasted 97% of its EBIT was asset light so it, it, it's there or thereabouts with all its um, the other three global major competitors but it still has this exposure to Accor Invest and it's still more um, skewed towards management. This makes it more exposed in this environment. I mean, the flip of that is, of course, as we come out of this, um, it's going to um, accelerate its um, earnings faster than the others will. Um, but um, but uh, it, it's got a tough period ahead for the next few years, I think, more so than the than the other three. Mm, OK, next up, we're going to talk about uh, Jinjiang, the big Chinese uh, hospitality group. Um, uh, in case you'd kind of forgotten about them, um, they went on a big spending spree in 2016, 2015 to 2018. They bought uh, some other Chinese brands. They bought Radisson. Uh, they bought the Louvre Group in uh, France and they actually sit on almost as many brands as um, as Marriott and are in fact by some rankings second only to Marriott in terms of their scale globally now the the interesting thing about them is they bought all these different bits but they let them kind of carry on operating as largely different bits um, so big contrast to kind of the Marriott Starwood merger you know everything got tidied up quite quickly Jinjiang seems to have sort of bought these different bits and pieces and left them to kind of um, do their own thing very largely but uh, a hint in the last few weeks that um, they're actually going to start perhaps tidying up the uh, the various portfolios a little bit um, and look perhaps for some um, efficiencies um, and th this comes in the way that they are going to rebrand some hotels which uh, a company called Platino who they took over launched in Europe called under a brand called Seven Days Premium uh, they're going to reflag those um, under Campanile and Kyriad uh, the existing brands which have got a lot of coverage across um, mainland Europe um, notably in, in France um, so a hint at perhaps a little bit of uh, a change in, in direction of travel and perhaps uh, some uh, some thoughts that the the different bits of, uh, of Xinjiang uh, will finally start tidying up the portfolio. Of course, the big prize will be uh, if they can get themselves sorted out. So when the Chinese start traveling again, they'll come flying into Europe and stay in um, all of these group hotels. Um, but the, the irony to me was that uh, if you look at, for example, on the Radisson website, 
uh, Radisson continues to just market its properties on its own and um, if you try and find a hotel in France they won't point you to anything from Louvre Group for example so very little cross-selling uh, at the moment um, Andrew is that kind of do you see big potential in in them um, tidying up their holdings well, there's big potential I mean there's been big potential in them tidying up Louvre for, for, since they bought <laughs> yeah. it off Starwood Capital frankly I mean they've moved um, at a glacial pace to do that <laughs> it appears at least on the outside yeah. I mean, it, it is I mean the, the, they haven't been um well, I think I'm fairly. I mean that they are, you know, that they haven't been entirely transparent in terms of what they're actually been up to um, with that. They, they, they've not shared a lot of insight on that. And I mean, given the size and scale of the business, it, it's uh, it's very much an unknown. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there is. I mean, going into the um, acquisition. Um, Louvre looked a mess. Um, um, it was um, um, this amalgam of sort of franchise and managed and manchised and all sorts of things. It was very untidy. So um, I hear that some of that's been done in terms of sorting it out. But um, I, you know, I think there are still bits that need doing. And as you said Chris in terms of the integration of the latest acquisition with Radisson I mean there's great potential mm. there this with Radisson Xinjiang and Louvre it's you know it's the second biggest hotel group in the and of world. course the we, well just to be talking about the big four well you know we ought to be talking about the big five yeah. really um, of which Xinjiang is there uh, in there but um, they are not um, they are not communicating to the market in the same way as the other players, the Western mm. players, um, and that's because they've chosen not to do that. I mean, you know, I'd contrast that with Wazoo. Now, you know, Wazoo are well, um, U.S. listed, uh, listed yeah. in the U.S. Yeah. yeah, so they've got they've got to do that. But uh, nonetheless, one would think that uh, um, you know a, a company of the scale and ambition of Xinjiang ought to be talking more um, and, and sharing more insight about what its plans are um, and it needs to, to raise its game on that one well and um, also interestingly because they work well, with um, well they're effectively working with uh, with Hilton aren't they building a, the port portfolio of Hamptons in China but again we hear very little well sort of yeah sort of yeah. yeah I mean I'm not, I'm not quite sure where that is either actually to be frank um, the, those things haven't historically worked out fabulously mm. well um, for for anybody um, <laughs> really um, so mm. we'll see but uh, may, maybe it will um, you know again from the outside it's, it's not an easy one to to, to, to judge where mm. it's going um, I, I mean I, China remains a, a tricky market um, to, to assess yeah. um, from from the outside um, so um, yeah um, hopefully um, one good thing um, to report on though that I think may begin to shift that is uh, is a change in sentiment from the center and i think you know as a top down um, economy driven very much by the chinese communist party um, the new five year plan the 14th five year plan that's come out of the ccp um, they are according to uh, the bank hsbc it's going to be much more focused on domestic 
driving domestic demand and it, one of the key beneficiaries of that focus has to be travel and tourism and I think the ho hospitality companies like Xinjiang are going to um, be able to accelerate their growth quite significantly domestically I mean it's going to very much benefit them um, depends I mean there's been a lot of um, should we say difficult times for um, non-state-owned um, um, enterprises in China so I, I do wonder where Wazoo is going to fit on the scale of things but Xinjiang which is very much a state-owned enterprise I think has a has a clear run here and is, is going to be a big beneficiary of the of this next five-year plan I mean the details of that are going to come out over the next I mean what they've just announced in the last week of the five-year plan is this the broad picture about where it's heading which is the domestic demand piece um, the details um, of how it's going to drive that are going to be critical and it's going to be interesting to see um, just how much hospitality and hotels figure in that plan. and that's your recipient of the five star award this week isn't it andrew the five the five stars for the five-year plan yeah i was oh oh yeah no i was thinking that five five stars to the five-year plan you like the sound that, 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 yeah. that, 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 yeah. that that's that yeah that's that's quite neat the the other one i'm going to give two because i think we're going to have two oh, no okay, stars right, yeah. as well aren't we so um <laughs> yes so i want to give a second one which is to um the whole senior living thing which has just been we've got a story this week um in perspective on senior living um and you've written a good piece about lone stars acquisition on mccarthy mm -hmm. and stone and just announced today was um carlisle group's acquisition of beechcroft from alchemy partners so it's very much five star for the senior living sector at the minute um it, it really does seem to be on the up and the appetite of investors mm. are okay well then uh, we're, we're we're doing two two no star awards this week and my no star award goes to urbanist hotels who uh, played a high stakes game they were hoping with rosewood hotels to build a luxury landmark hotel uh, overlooking edinburgh so they were hoping to take a historic building that looks out over the edinburgh landscape and convert it to a hotel and they've been told no by the uh, the Scottish planners. <laughs> no, <laughs> get out. <laughs> so, Brilliant. so uh, it was a high stakes game, and uh, unfortunately, they have lost. Um, so, no stars for them. And Andrew, off. Yeah, well, we, we are always beating up governments on lockdowns. Um, but I'm going to give the no stars to the lockdowns themselves. <laughs> and, I, you know, I'm not going to beat up governments um, this time around because I think they're just in a, an invidious position because, you know, the, 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 on the one hand, people, you know, more than half the population see them as mass murderers and the other half of the population see them as um, big brother and trying to persecute us all and, you know, um, lock us all up for no real reason. So so I think they're in a, in a, in a, on a hiding to nothing. But as we've seen with, um, we've already mentioned this on this podcast, the, um, you know, the Swedish government itself, um, which has really resisted lockdown, is now heading towards tighter restrictions. It's it, it's very difficult. I mean, they're in a very difficult situation. Um, my hope, my hope on the lockdown piece. I mean, you know, buried in all the bad news on this lockdown, I think is to say in the UK we've got the mass testing going. On in Liverpool if they can actually get it together and um, roll out mass testing I mean across the country um, and hopefully other European countries uh, 
governments will be able to do that um, in their countries. I mean, I think that is the way we're going to get get the virus under control and start looking a bit more like China. But uh, but um, so it's not no stars for the government, <laughs> right. despite all the justifiable criticism of of the hospitality sector towards mm. it. I mean, I think you know, um, I, I, but it, it, it's in a very difficult situation. But definitely no star for the fact we've got to go into another damn series of lockdowns. Oh dear. And uh, on that note, we'll nip out and get some more toilet rolls in before it starts. And we'll say bye for now.